welcome to the first episode of Overbet, a podcast dedicated to providing sports betting information and news to you in an educating and entertaining manner. My name is Jackson Blackwell. Today I'll be joined by my co-hosts Zach Wilson and Keith Marrero to discuss the return of football season, particularly college football week zero and futures that we're playing heading into the 2022 campaign. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome, guys. Long time no see. Good to see you guys again. Hope we're doing well. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our college football preview episode. Also going to go over week zero slate this week. Let's start off with some G5 conferences. Let's go through all those. And if we have anything to say, I think uh, we're a little bit light besides some of the futures that I'm playing. But uh, anything to say about any G5 conference teams, guys? I think you got to go with Coastal, the Shauna Clears. We got to go back to the well in the fun belt. Um, I know they're losing some talent, but Grayson McCall is back, and that's really all you need for G5. If you got a quarterback, a guy who can sling it, that's all that really matters. So I think a lot of those teams are going to be kind of tight together near the top, but give me the shots plus 500 to win the fun belt. But besides that, I'm mostly just watching G5 for fun. I'm sure we'll do a lot more betting on G5 teams and stuff in the future of our former podcast, Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. Everyone knows we've been big fans of the Shauna Clears for a couple years now. But with the transfer portal and stuff like that nowadays, lots of people leaving. So much turnover in college football is really, really hard to see or know who's going to like actually be good or who's going to be motivated. But got to root for the Shauns. Uh, I don't know if I like them at plus 500 this year, but I digress. Keith, how do you feel about your old sweetheart of college football, the Chanticleer, is going into 2022 or any other G5 teams? Well, anybody that listened to the old show and has followed us into the new show know that the Shants are my heart and soul. I like them to win at the fun belt at plus 500, especially because they have their same quarterback, and that's all you really need in college football. I mean, they lost Isaiah Likely, and he's probably going to do numbers in the NFL, so... That's a big talent gap for them, but I mean, nobody really stands out in the Sun Belt, so it's anybody's conference, and at plus 500, I like the price for them. As far as the rest of the group of five, though, like you said, with the transfer portal, anybody that performs on any sort of mid-level team and stands out is just going to get scooped up by the bigger schools, and it's really going to erode away the middle class of college football, so I'm not uh, sold on any group of five team right now in the preseason, but I mean, I'm sure we'll check out the trends that evolve throughout the season and have some better group of five analysis and insight as we go along. But for now, I think the chance is probably the only thing I'd be interested in and I haven't even put any money on it yet. So maybe, maybe not for them. Yeah. I think one thing that this turnover that we're going to see between the transfer portal and NIL deal, stuff like that is there might be some pretty good value live betting the first couple weeks of the year. There's no way the books got all these prices, right? All the odds and these different futures because there's, it's just no way to know, like everything's so unpredictable. So, I mean, if you, like see a team and you start noticing like the books are giving them no credit hey that might be a good bet for you because people are definitely going to catch on slowly but surely and then clearly will overcorrect just like the books do so i think that's one thing that might be kind of important to look at anyways um i know there's a couple other g5 futures that i've played but we'll wait till you guys see the recap of all my futures to go over that p5 there's going to be a lot more action from us and from the general public i'm sure for the most part before we get into the p5 conferences though gotta mention the g5 ultimate elite conference that is the mac the mid American Conference. It is just absolute great football. If you're looking for some action on weekday games, Mac will be around. So I'm looking most forward to Mac football. I don't even care about all the other conferences as much, but that's besides the point. I know you guys probably feel the same way. So not really. I mean, I'm looking forward to probably bending overs in the Mac, but in terms of the uh, the watchability of the products, eh, not so much. I go to bed at like nine o'clock now on weekdays, so it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for me to see a lot of Mac action this year. But I do love me some Mac football. 
just for the chaos. So at least we're all on different pages. That's perfect. So, all right, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move on to the P5 conferences. This is definitely going to be more action from us over the course of the year. Let's start off. We'll just go in alphabetical order. The ACC, I think there's a team that all three of us are liking to win this year, but uh, we also kind of do have some pre-existing biases dating back to the old podcast. I don't have a lot to say. What are you guys thinking about the ACC this year? Well, anybody that followed us over from the old show knows that last year I was this group's resident ACC analyst, and as such, I am somewhat excited about this ACC season. The team I'm most excited about is the North Carolina State Wolfpack. They are returning Devin Leary. They have a high-flying offense. Their defense was pretty damn good last year, at least among the ACC teams that were doing numbers on offense, and I expect them to push for, if not outright win, the ACC championship this year. I think Clemson is really the only thing standing in their way, maybe Wake Forest down the line, depending on Sam Hartman's status, Louisville with Malik. (laughs) Yeah, that that nickname you have. Uh, Louisville with Malik Cunningham will be something to keep an eye on, but they don't play until the second to last game. So really, I'm all in on NC State. And with that said, I like NC State as the ACC championship at plus 750. Currently, Clemson is somewhere in the minus 130 range, depending on what sports book you shop at. That's just terrible value. Last year, I was all about fading Clemson against the spread. I don't see any reason that their offense is going to get any better. Last year, the, the Wolfpack did beat Clemson. Granted, that was at NC State, and this year they play in Death Valley. That really seems to be the biggest obstacle for the Wolfpack. And if they can pull off that win again this year, then I don't see why they can't run the table. And having said that, I also like NC State over five and a half regular season conference wins. The only book I see that at is DraftKings, and it's currently plus 125. But like I said, Clemson and Wake Forest are probably the two biggest obstacles. And even if they lose those two games, which I really don't anticipate, they're still sitting on six wins if they run the rest of the table. The only other game I could see is the aforementioned Louisville game. But since that's the second to last week of the season, it presents a decent hedge opportunity if I wanted to hedge out. At plus 125, I'd probably be more likely to let that ride anyway, but really love this number. It's kind of a low juice total for an entire season bet, but I might go two units on it. We'll see about it, but I'll be sure to let y'all know about it. I think the disrespect for Miami, giving Wake Forest that much credit, they're losing a lot of good people. Right, don't get me wrong. I don't think Miami's going to be as good as the books think they are. It's just too unpredictable. I mean, brand new coach. Their quarterback's good. There's no such thing as a good quarterback at Miami. That's the problem. I'll believe it when I see I it. Know. But they're, they're in I the feel same... like Bernie Kosar would take exception to that. Yeah, okay. In my <laughs> lifetime, all right? Is that better for you? All right. <laughs> ACC, Zach, I think you got a couple things you want to say about the conference as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, For one, I knew you were going to say something about Miami, and I was going to rib you if you weren't going in on Miami just a little bit because I know you went there for, you know, a high hot second a couple months or whatever I went it was. for a full I but, went for um, my full freshman year you fucking dickhead <laughs> whatever Jackson went there for a couple weeks and then he did get in his frat and then he left but um Not how look, that I'm works. taking I gotta I gotta take NC State too I, I took their win total last year and it was like six and a half or seven I thought it was super low they ended up going nine and three obviously they had a really good season they're returning 81 percent of their production from last season they have pretty much their entire o-line back they were like top 30 defensively in every main like major statistic last year as a team as well so i love this team top to bottom if you want to take nc state any which way their win total over which is it's at eight and a half and it's like minus 165 so i don't know if that's really worth it the conference odds at plus one or at plus 750 is 
amazing. I love that. And you don't have to put a ton of money on it to, to make out like a bandit. So another way to play NC State that I saw on DK, you can bet either NC State or Texas A&M head to head on who has more wins for the season. NC State in that matchup is minus 120. So if you think Texas A&M's overrated like they are every season, and you think <laughs> NC State can run through the ACC because the ACC is a softer conference, let's be honest, take NC State versus Texas A&M to have the most wins in the regular season, minus 120. Plus, you have the ability to hedge out at the end of the season, like Keith said, and you get the push if they have the same amount of wins. So ultimately, it's a pretty good price and a good way to play NC State. I have one thing to say about that. Texas A&M can pay people now, and you know how much money there is coming out of Texas A&M? There's a lot. Now, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. I think NC State's the better team. But NIL is definitely going to contribute to Texas A&M being a better team. One other thing I just wanted to say real quick. I think um, if you look to bet Louisville overs with Malik Cunningham and teams with a really bad defense, teams that can't tackle are not going to be able to, to stop him. I can't bet on the Heisman in Colorado where I live, so I don't really keep up with Heisman futures. He's got to be a top five Heisman candidate, I would imagine. But NC State, they do have a good defense, so I don't think he'll necessarily be as big of a problem for them. So that's all I have to say about the ACC. Anything else you want to bring up real quick, guys? Malik Cunningham is currently plus 6,000, otherwise known as 60 to 1 to win the Heisman. So if that's of interest to you, then go ahead and pull the trigger. I think he's going to be good. I don't know if I can pull the trigger on that, but uh, he'll he'll definitely be fun uh, for the Cardinals this year. So he's not a favorite is what you're saying? <laughs> nah, he's, I, he's, he's down there. You gotta, you have to have like 10 or 11 wins for your, to win the Heisman in college now, and there's no way Louisville gets to that. In, in case you're wondering, he's behind new South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler, who's at plus 55. Ooh, so wasn't he the favorite going into trash. 2021 as the Heisman winner? Yeah, yeah, and, and look how that turned out. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about looking back on it. All right, well, I think that's all we got to say about the ACC. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Big 12. Uh, this conference is a shit show. Everybody thinks Texas is supposed to be good. Oklahoma is supposed to be good. I don't believe it. I want to see it first. Um, I think that this is up, literally up for grabs for anybody. Zach, he's a big Kansas State fan, if anybody didn't know. I'm sure he's feeling good about them this year. I actually really like them going into the season. They looked really good last year, completely underrated. I can't remember the head coach. I'm sure you know his name. But the dude covers. The dude is a covering machine against the spread. But Big 12, not really looking forward to it unless I can make some money. So, Keith, anything to say about the Big 12? I know Zach does, so we'll bring it to you first. Nope. Texas has the Quinn Ewers kid who apparently his his move to Ohio State and then back to Texas was all a ploy just for him to get NIL money as a freshman and then go back to his home state. So, I mean, good for him for cashing out. Other than that, I man, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving for the SEC. Brent Venables is now the coach of Oklahoma, and he ran a pretty good defense at Clemson. But this is the Big 12 where they don't play defense. So good luck to you. And other than that, man, I'm I'm staying away from this conference until until I can see some trends probably like four or five weeks in. Yeah, boys, I have a lot to say about the Big 12. Obviously, I'm the resident Big 12 stan. Chris Kleiman is the Kansas State head coach, by the way. He came over from North Dakota State. He's got the program right where Bill Snyder left it. And I was going to say, Martin, I thought Bill Snyder was still there, but I guess not. Uh, he's still alive, but he is not the head coach anymore. The stadium's named after him, though. He's got a street named after him. He's doing pretty well. Adrian Martinez, honestly, I'm not sure. It could be hit or miss, but with Deuce Vaughn and most of the rest of the offense and a lot of core defensive starters coming back, over six and a half wins, I think, is easy money for Kansas State. It is minus 160, so unless you have a lot of money to throw on it, probably not really worth it. But if you want to sprinkle Kansas State plus 1,200 to win the Big 12, go ahead and do that because they got a chance. 
Now, I will say I got one more play in the Big 12, and you guys are probably going to laugh. This kind of pains me to do it, honestly, but I'm taking the Kansas Jayhawks over two and a half wins before you laugh. It's not, okay, it's not that bad. I've actually I've heard some other people talking. They have like what? Don't they have like two guaranteed wins? And all they have to do is just get one other like upset versus Texas or somebody. I mean, exactly. And I don't so they got it. two guaranteed wins, like you said. They play Tennessee Tech at home to open up their season in Kansas in Lawrence. They're gonna win that one. That's a gimme. And then at the end of the season, they got Texas coming to, to town. That's a gimme. So there's two right there. And then you got you gotta get one more. You gotta get one more. They have Duke coming to town. Duke is trash. Oh, that's easy. That's a, yeah, that's an easy. That's, that's a, a basketball school. So that's a lot. That. So that's three wins right there. I mean, um, Kansas is also a basketball school. So hey, <laughs> that's true. They just won the Natty. Yeah. So if you if you give them Texas, Tennessee Tech, and Duke, and then if you don't think they can beat Texas. Uh, West Virginia is not going to be very good this year. TCU and Iowa State, eh, probably not going to be great. Texas Tech is going to be okay. They just got to win one game somewhere else. So Kansas, over two and a half wins, minus 135 is the best I can find. I really like those odds. Lance Leipold's actually got a decent amount of quality transfers in the portal, which is amazing for Kansas to say. And they got their starting quarterback returning from last year, as well as four or five offensive linemen. They're not going to be great, but they're not going to be horrible. So I think most of the Big 12 is going to regress a little bit from last year. And I think Kansas will at least get three wins. They could get three wins. What a boring bet that I would not want to make. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of funny, but I mean, actually, yeah, I don't hate it, so... See, for me, it doesn't pass the mirror test. I don't think I could look myself in the mirror after putting money on Kansas to do something good. So I'm going to stay away from it, but Godspeed to you. I mean, you know the Big 12 better than I do, so I will certainly defer to your expertise. All right, that's that's enough Big 12 talk. Let's go ahead and move on to the other big conference, the big pile of shit, the Big 10. Hot damn. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, Ohio State, big, big favorites to win this conference. Uh, just everybody else, you know, fighting for second. The real question is, are the odds worth it to play Ohio State to win the Big Ten? I'm not playing anything at minus 200 or worse as a long-term bet. Just the amount of money you have to put down and how juiced it is. I personally don't think it's worth it, but someone might disagree. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I would lay those odds for Ohio State, except for the fact that it doesn't really jive with my bankroll. So just in a real world scenario, you know, from my personal financial situation, things like that, can't pull the trigger on it. But I mean, I do like the odds just from a general sense. Yeah, I agree with Keith on the point that I do not have the bankroll currently to drop $1,000 on Ohio State futures. However, if you do have a lot of extra cash laying around, Ohio State minus 200, awesome odds, play it. They do have Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame all coming to the shoe. So that's obviously really big. Maybe the best offense in the country. And then they have a just a slew of five-star receivers. But okay, here's, here's the biggest reason you want to play Ohio State minus 200 to win the Big Ten. Other than the fact that they win the Big Ten basically every year, Ohio State's minus 265 to make the playoff. They're not going to make the playoff unless they win the Big Ten because the Big Ten has not had two teams in the playoff ever since the college football playoffs come into being. So if you think Ohio State's making the playoff, they're winning the Big Ten. Take the minus 200 for them to win the Big Ten, and they're they're going to do it. It's it's easy money to me. I think the one way maybe to play that is if you have a book that lets you parlay uh, conference futures, maybe go with Bama, Ohio State, for like the chalkiest futures parlay of all time. 
probably get around plus 100 for that if I had to guess. But, yeah, just there's just too much risk that, if, you know, if some kind of injury happens or quarterback goes down, personally wouldn't do it. But I could see the argument for it. But that's really the only way. I mean, 50% return for, yeah, one football season, pretty good. But not taking the risk personally, so. Yeah, in a vacuum, it's, it's a pretty good bet. I mean, I will be realistic about the situation. I think Ohio State's going to run the table. All right, moving away from the Big Ten, so let's just go ahead and talk about the independents real quick. No action for me, even though today I did learn that BYU is an independent now, so that's kind of cool. Notre Dame, no no reason to even talk about them. They suck. They're going to lose week one to Ohio State, and it's going to be all downhill from there. But I think Keith has some insight on a couple independent teams that he looks to make some money on this year. Yeah, well, first of all, Notre Dame, to be honest, I don't really have any expectations. I want them to do well because Marcus Freeman is a very likable guy, and so I want him to succeed. Our starting quarterback, at least to begin the season, is Tyler Buckner. He played a few games last year and that boy can run the ball in addition to throwing it. So he is probably going to be a pretty exciting guy to watch. The Notre Dame receiving core is decimated. The only other guy to look for really is Michael Mayer, who is termed baby Gronk because every big white tight end is apparently what Rob Gronkowski but that's all the Notre Dame insight I have uh, for now. As far as the other independents go, bets against universities of Connecticut and Massachusetts at all times forever now until the sun swallows the earth because UConn and UMass are terrible. I think UConn beat UMass last year. I I don't know if that's accurate. I don't care if it's accurate. It was not worth watching. But these two teams are the worst two teams in Division I sports, at least in terms of college football. So if you ever see them on the scoreboard, the spread is less than, say, three touchdowns in the other team's favor. Go ahead and hammer that other team. But that's all I got for the independents. Anyway, Zach, you got anything to say about any of these crappy independent teams? No, the independents are all pretty mid, so I'm, I'm good on those. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Pac-12, a lot of change in this conference this year. Not a conference I'm that excited about for whatever reason. It's same old shit. You know, USC is the favorite. I feel like all the big-name schools are all favorites this year. And, like, I lean Utah, but I don't have any action at the moment. I mean, they were just studly last year. You got to go with them. Think that they should be the favorite personally. But, oh, USC, USC Trojans, they're coming back. They're they're the Texas of the West Coast, essentially. So I'll believe it when I see it. But that's all I have to say about the Pac-12. Uh, I'm not playing anything in the Pac-12. It's I think it's a year too early on USC, but I'm also kind of scared to bet against them, if that makes sense. I think it's going to be either them or Utah, but I, I can't decide which, and I don't feel strongly enough either way to play either one. I'm pretty much staying away from the whole Pac-12. I'm just waiting for this conference to dissipate into nothingness, and then it'll be more fun to watch when these teams are wherever they end up after that fact. Yeah, USC is the favorite for some reason for this conference. I guess the brand names of Lincoln Riley and also him bringing over Caleb Williams from Oklahoma are enough to make the sports books think that they are back for some reason. But Clay Helton did a terrible job with this program and left it in turmoil. So I agree. I think it's at least a year too early, but who knows? The Pac-12 is pretty wide open. I will agree that Utah is probably the team I'd lean on the heaviest uh, just because they run the ball really well and they just run you in the submission and impose their will at plus 230 um, i'm just not confident enough to play them and i can't find it in my heart and soul to play usc for anything because i hate them i'm ultimately fading the pac-12 from a future standpoint but if you like the utes this is this is definitely the time to bet them all right so uh we got one last conference to cover sec football the death star 
Alabama is the favorite as always. Some things never change. LSU bringing in Brian Kelly as a new head coach. They're kind of in the same boat as Miami with uh, head coach Mario Cristobal just coming in. You, you just don't know what to expect from some of these teams. And just the turnover is just crazy. Miles Brennan retiring from football after making, what, $10 million in NIL deals. He's going to do a great job as a car salesman in the Biloxi Gulf Coast area. That's not even a joke, even though it sounds like it. I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how Kentucky looks. Really, really weird to say, but I don't have really any expectations besides it being a freaking Georgia versus Alabama championship. Hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully Chalk does not get there, but it would not surprise me if that's who we end up seeing, and if both of them make the college football playoffs again. So, anyways, what do you guys think about the SEC? Well, speaking of Kentucky, Mark Stoops was ready to come to blows with John Calipari for calling Kentucky a basketball school, even though it is. And Mark Stoops is apparently deluded, but he's done a great job with that program. 10 wins last year. They have turned it around for sure. It'll be interesting to see what Big Blue Nation does on the football field. But I mean, as far as this conference goes in the futures, it's Alabama and Georgia and nobody else. Yep, I agree 100%. Texas A&M can't pay enough dudes to beat Bama or Georgia. So they're just going to be little brother the entire time for all of eternity. As much as Jimbo Fisher wants to throw a fit about it, that's that's just the reality. As for Kentucky, they are kind of an interesting story. They're probably going to win zero games because Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee, but that's oh, that's really – forgot about that. That's really um, all you need to know about Kentucky football is their quarterback puts mayonnaise in coffee, and it's disgusting. So I don't have any plays for the SEC. I'll play it week by week more likely. But the main thing I'm sad about with the SEC is that they're losing the CBS theme song because that's just – um, that's synonymous with SEC football, and it, it going to the Big Ten just it's, it doesn't sit well with me. Let's go ahead and move on. National championship futures. I think I'm the only one with any action at the moment. Pretty much thinking the Death Star takes it. Those guys, Nick Saban, I, I can't stand him because he's just too good. Like, how old is he now? Like, can you just retire already? Let somebody else have the reins? So I'm looking to put some money down on Ohio State at some point. But, I mean, maybe like a sprinkle on NC State's kind of fun. But, like, NC State in the playoffs, that just sounds gross. So. I, there's really nobody else that I'm willing to touch at any of the current prices. So Bama it is, and I'll hedge whenever they eventually make the finals. So, yep, it's. I would say I don't. I'm not huge on Georgia this year. I'd kind of say it's probably Bama and Ohio State versus the field. Those would be the two that I would play, but I'm not really looking to play them before the season at the current odds. So again, this will be something I'll be playing week by week and wait till the playoffs actually do arrive to to play those matchups. Uh, just some live research. Nick Saban is, in fact, 70 years old on the dot. Birthday is on Halloween, which does not surprise me whatsoever. Uh, learning that, I think, for me, it's it's Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia, and then everybody else. And, yeah, Georgia may or may not return to the form that they were in last year when they won the Natty, but that's okay because they got themselves one, I guess. The juice isn't worth the squeeze on any of those teams. And then everybody else, I, I have zero confidence in. So as far as long-term betting for the Natty, I'm, I'm good on that. Probably just look to bet. Bam in and out every week. Maybe I'll just parlay them and see what kind of money I end up at the end of the year. You know what? Let's track that this year, please. Let's actually track that so we can know. Let's find the best odds for Bama Moneyline every week and just see what the payout would be by the end of the year. If they lose, we'll just give up. So, yeah, unfortunately, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, all the favorites. Bama, you're looking at like plus 175 generally for at most books at the moment. So that looks like everything to cover for our futures. Uh, besides my futures, uh, let's go ahead and get a reaction from the boys. They're going to watch my video real quick, and so are you, and then we're going to hear back. So I know Zach and Keith are moving slowly on playing any futures this year, but I'll go ahead and share the plays I've already made heading into week zero. So using free bets from MLB promos this summer, I was able to amass roughly 
$2,400 in futures plays so far. Considering I'm working with a $10,000 bankroll heading into the season, that's a nice chunk of change to get down, and it potentially gives me some options to hedge later in the year. My standard one-unit wager is $100, roughly 1% of my bankroll. I usually only bet one to two units per wager, but with these free bets, sometimes these numbers do get a little bit weird. Before making any futures wagers, keep in mind that odds can vary drastically across the market. Always make sure to shop for the best odds across all sports books have access to before making any bets. We will spend more time analyzing my plays down the road, but let's share every bet I've made so far. Let's start with a group of five conferences. All right, for Conference USA, let's start off my coverage with an absolute long shot. I have a 0.25 unit wager on UTEP to win the conference at plus 3,000. This number just seemed a little too far off to me for a team that looked relatively solid last season. Keyword relatively. Their odds have come down massively compared to when I bet this a few weeks back. I'm seeing anywhere from plus 1,600 to plus 2,000 at the time of this recording. Let's get this straight. This bet is a long shot, $25 free bet. I'm taking a gamble at UTEP vastly overachieving in an effort to hedge in a key matchup later in the season or the conference championship. I'm happy with the odds I was able to grab this at, but I have absolutely zero expectations on a return from this wager as of today. All right, so let's move on to the MAC. The Mid-American Conference has become my favorite conference to watch over the past few years, and betting MAC overs blindly has become a pastime of mine. While North Illinois went on a dominant run to win the MAC title from 2010 to 2015, door has been wide open for anyone ever since, with five different champions in the past six years. While MAC futures certainly feel like a crapshoot, I'm heading into the season with a one-unit play on Miami of Ohio at plus 500. Currently, I'm seeing their odds listed at plus 450 on DraftKings and plus 380 on FanDuel, but always make sure to shop for the best odds across the board. Moving on to the Sun Belt, I already know the guys are going to ridicule me for this, but I don't care. I'm sprinkling on another long shot, Southern Miss, to win the West Division at plus 850 for 0.25 units and another 0.2 units on them to win the conference at plus 5,000. Golden Eagles admittedly had a rough 2021, finishing 3-9 and nine and 2-6 and six in the conference, but this team had a, such a tough situation at quarterback. Running back Frank Gore Jr. was lining up in the Wildcat formation as the last resort at times last year, and he'll be able to play actual running back again this year. With that offense getting healthy, I can see this team taking a few wins off of teams with more perceived value. Another absolute long shot, like I said, but I'll have some added financial incentive to watch Sunbelt football this year. Moving on to the Mountain West, this is a team that I absolutely hated last year, but man, their offense was relatively explosive for a service academy. And I have a 0.6 unit wager on Air Force at plus 400 to win the Mountain West. The guys are definitely going to give me a hard time for this one because I baited this team so many times and lost so much money on them last year. I'm hoping that I can turn it around in 2022. All right, moving on to the Power 5 conferences. So in the Big 12, I have action on two teams that I feel were being undervalued by the books during the offseason. I can't trust that Texas is back until I see it. And with some changes over at Oklahoma, I'd like to think that this conference is up for the taking. First up, not a conference championship future, but I do have a one-unit wager on Texas Tech. Over five and a half wins at even money. New offensive coordinator Zach Kitley returns for a second stint at Texas Tech. He worked there in the past under Cliff Kingsbury, and I love the offense that he runs. Last year, he thrived with quarterback Bailey Zappi as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Western Kentucky, and I think his offense will translate perfectly versus some bad Big 12 secondaries. I look to bet Texas Tech overs through the season as they should play in a handful of blowouts. They might be the team getting blown out, but there's going to be a lot of points scored in their games. Two teams I am playing to win the conference are Kansas State at plus 1,500 for one unit and TCU plus 1,400 for 0.5 units. Former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez transfers to K-State to team up with the running back Deuce Vaughn in an effort to shock the college football world. It's very likely that Nebraska head coach Scott Frost was holding Martinez back, 
and a stud running back like Deuce in the backfield should take some of the pressure off of him in the passing game. Looking back at my TCU wager, I must admit, I was probably hella high when I placed this bet because I'm really not seeing the reasoning anymore <laughs> or forgetting what it might have been. Sonny Dykes comes over as head coach from SMU and brings almost an entirely new staff in with him. So hopefully we can just see some chaos among the Big 12 this year and I can rationalize this play later down the road. Good thing is it is a free bet, so I don't lose anything by missing out on this one. All right, moving on to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, for the ACC, I have a half unit on NC State to win the conference at plus 800. This is less of a bet on the Wolfpack and more of a bet against Clemson and Miami. I hate to bet with emotion, but I absolutely detest Dabo Sweeney. And I personally don't think he's that great of a coach. And while I'm a huge Miami fan, having attended the university, I don't trust them without having seen them play under new head coach Mario Cristobal. I feel like this NC State team has a lot to prove after a disappointing end of their 2021 season. Their bowl game versus UCLA was canceled, and that halted their chance to get to a 10-win season. Devin Leary returns a quarterback, and the Wolfpack are ranked number 12 in the preseason polls. With some high expectations coming out of rally. All right, moving on to the national championship. I absolutely hate myself for having made these two wagers. So far, I only have futures on one team to win the national championship. That is the Alabama Crimson Tide. I got 1.45 units down at plus 180 and another massive 10-unit play on them at plus 175. Let's face it, this team is pissed that it didn't win the championship last year. They even framed their college football participation trophy that they got for the playoffs last year as like a self-fuck you. Nick Saban is an absolute psycho and undoubtedly, the greatest coach in college football history, despite how much I detest him. As I receive more free bets over the coming weeks, I'll probably sprinkle Ohio State at plus 300 as a small hedge, but this is a price I grab specifically to hedge in the national championship game where Bama will likely be a huge favorite over anyone they happen to face. So here's a list of all of the futures I'm playing. Definitely going to add more as the season goes along, as odds change. It's currently everything that I have heading into week zero, though. Boys, curious to know what you think. All right, guys, so what do you think about my futures plays this year? Any uh, Anything stand out to you? You want to ridicule me about anything? Because I, I was expecting a little bit of a hard time for some of these plays. What do you guys think? I do like a couple of your, couple of your plays, but I'm going to talk about the ones that I don't like first and give you some jabs. I just knew you were going to bring up Bailey Zappi at some point today. I knew you had to do it. But that being said, I'm surprised you didn't go Western Kentucky plus 450 to win the conference. I mean, they don't have Kitley what? or Zappi now. Like They don't have anybody that was contributing to them being good. Like, okay. Uh, they weren't that good anyway. And you still bet them last year. So, I mean, anyway, that's that's fine. You can take care of you on that conference. Southern Miss, I have no words. Dude, no, what the wait, fuck was wait. that? Hey, that was wait. horrendous. It's so stupid. Wait. I'm telling you, you wait. They're going to win at least five games this year. Five games? I don't, I don't care. I don't care. All right, six. I'm up in the ante. Five games isn't going to win a conference. It's definitely, uh, it might win. The bowl team. eligible. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> they what? might sneak into a bowl if everyone, you said you don't think Dabo's that good of a coach. I I hate Dabo, but I'll push back on that a little bit. You also call him Dabo, which always, Dabo. always irks me a little bit. But um, I'm with you on the NC State. Obviously, we covered that. I do love the Air Force play in the Mountain West. I think most of the teams in the Mountain West are going to kind of suck this year and regress quite a bit. And the Air Force, that's just a steady program. So you got to go with the Airmen. And the troops support, we support the troops here, um, except for Jackson last year oh, no. with every game that they played. Jack um, no longer hates the troops. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm I, a true American now. I actually do like that play. I went to an Air Force Army game at the Air Force Base. That was pretty sweet while I lived out in Colorado. But um, I digress. 
The other pick I like, Miami, Ohio, and Maction, just because it's Maction. You got to pick some team and just ride them to the sunset. Might not be Miami, Ohio, but hey. I'm ready fun. to be disappointed by that pick. I'm just ready. The Fighting Big Bens, they're they're going to do it for you. So yeah. that, that picks that picks all right for the juice. But that's that's all I got to say about your picks. Yeah, I already ridiculed you for Southern Miss. That was the only real big thing I had. NC State, uh, nothing more needs to be said. We're all in on the Wolfpack, so no more analysis on your futures. I'm ready to get off this subject. All right, guys. Well, uh, week zero is this upcoming weekend. I actually don't have any action. I don't plan on making any bets. Like I said earlier in the episode, maybe I'll look for some live bets, but I'm actually going to be heading out to Boston this weekend. So me and Keith are going to be going to the U.S. Open next week. Should be really, really cool. We're going to have some more footage on that. But uh, week zero, like I said, I don't even know it's playing. I don't even really. I think there is one big game, if you want to call it that. I have no action, and I really don't even know who's playing, except for maybe a game or two. So, Zach, anything that you're already liking? I think you have one or two leans or bets you've already made. Yeah, I haven't played anything yet definitively, but I do have a couple of leans. First one being New Mexico State plus nine at home against Nevada. Nevada, they're getting nine points after losing like 22 of their starters and having a bunch of guys that were supposed to be starters this year go down to injury during like fall camp. I think Nevada is going to be kind of a train wreck this year. They're over under win totals like four and a half. And New Mexico State's not a juggernaut by any means. Their win total is also four and a half. Nine points at home against a team that we know nothing about and doesn't have a lot of like talent on their roster. I don't think that is the correct line. So I will probably play New Mexico State before the weekend hits. Depending on how that game goes, I might take Vanderbilt minus six and a half at Hawaii on the big island, or it might be the little island. I don't know what island they play on, but who cares? Hawaii's not very good. So I might play that, but it depends how the first game goes. That's all I got for week zero. Give it a few more weeks and uh, Zach won't be talking spreads. So just be straight Dejan and out New Mexico state money line, shit like that. So plus two fifty. So yeah, it's enticing. It's already thinking about <laughs> it. So Keith, any, uh, any leans or anything you're seeing for week zero? I like that Hawaii Vanderbilt play. Hawaii is a program in turmoil. Hopefully they've stabilized over the offseason, but in January, half the damn team quit uh, because their old head coach was an asshole. One of the players who quit was their starting quarterback, who was the head coach's son, uh, who transferred. So you know things are bad when your man's is like, nah, dad, I'm out. Hopefully Hawaii can right the ship with Timmy Chang, but I don't think that's going to happen in the first game of the season. Normally, I would not be uh, one to bet anything on Vanderbilt in a favorite position, but this Hawaii team presents too big of an opportunity. So I do like Vanderbilt, especially with six and a half, uh, less than a touchdown. It's, it's a great number to play. My other lean is Utah State uh, versus UConn. They're at home. We've already talked about the UConn Huskies, how terrible they were last year. I don't see any reason why they would have improved because you can't really recruit when you're that bad. Utah State is currently favored. You can see some books 27, 27 and a half. It's just shy of that four touchdown mark. And I feel great about that number. Absolutely bet at your own risk. But Utah State, after playing UConn in week one, will play Bama. And they will have their soul snatched from them. So this is their short-term Super Bowl, at least until conference play starts. And so if they want anything to feel good about themselves for, they are going to play their starters the entire game. They're going to run up the score on the Huskies. And they're going to enjoy themselves before their inevitable demise. So those are the only two leans I have. One agreeing with Zach and betting against the Huskies, really. That's, that's all it comes down to. But the big one, week zero, Fox, big noon Saturday, big noon kickoff. They got the fighting corns of Nebraska 
versus the Purple Wildcats of Northwestern in Ireland. Holy shit. If you listen to Fox, you think this is the biggest thing since sliced bread. This is trash. All right. So this is the only major conference matchup of the week zero. Uh, once again, fulfilling the prophecy that week zero equals zero good football. Nebraska is getting a two touchdown advantage from the books, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, you could play that if you want to, but watching this game would want to make me gouge my eyes out and betting it would probably do the same. This horrendous nonsense is being played in Ireland. And honestly, I think the United States could be tried for international war crimes at The Hague for foisting this upon the Emerald Isle. So Ireland, I apologize. This is not what we're about in the United States in terms of our national sport. This is a terrible introduction. You should you should bypass this if you are at all an Irish citizen. And I feel for anybody watching this game because I will not be. And I don't understand why you would unless you're a Husker or Wildcat fan. But that's all I got to say. The Big Ten, once again, trash. Uh, hopefully they get like a, a, a football score, like an actual football, and it's like 3 nothing. Didn't Nebraska play in week zero last year and the first score was a safety on like some dumb shit on like a punt or something that got snapped over the punter's head? It, it was something ridiculous. Or a punt return that got fumbled in the end zone? If I remember that, I would immediately want a Xanax so I could forget it. So yeah, I have no idea, but I'll take your I'll take your word for oh, it. Oh, I just laughed so hard at it that it was memorable. I, I didn't mem- remember it because it was good football. All right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty much everything for this week that we're going to cover. Feels good. First episode back under the new name, new branding. A whole bunch more stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. We're going to probably go over some basic introductory stuff to help new sports bettors get off the ground, how to lose the least amount of money, as well as, you know, try to make money. Obviously, it's most fun, and this is the most entertaining when you're winning. So that's always the goal. But, um, you know, we're always here to help. Any uh, any last final words before we get out of here, guys? New name, new branding, new logo, same old bullshit. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> I know this was UMass a is plus a million and UConn's plus 500,000. So I guess UMass is officially the worst team in college football. Throw one of your free bets on that, Jack. Well, anyways, I'm glad that this was a football podcast and uh, you guys are both wearing uh, baseball shirts and jerseys. So, yeah, I'll just be the Rockies fan and just not wear anything baseball related. So, So, got to rip the 2021 World Champs. We got either one or both of the co-rookies of the year in the National League and Spencer Strider, Michael Harris. I got a whole bunch of futures money on both of those guys and one of them is going to win and make me a whole bunch of skrills. So, I'm, I'm thrilled with the Braves right now, baby. The Cardinals are getting hot. It's devil magic season, boys. We got both of the MVPs. If they can get two, they're going to get both of them. We got a million gold glovers again. Pujols is going to hit 700. We'll probably win the World Series. Go ahead and bet it now. Yeah, all, the, all that. All that. On that note, I think that's a, that's a good place to end it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure to leave a like, subscribe, follow us, leave a rating. We really appreciate it. We're trying to grow this new brand bring you some great content this football season and beyond. Thanks for joining me today, guys. It's good seeing you. Until next time. Deuces.